Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together. A pluralistic one with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solutions to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuel Ettini, and this is The Sustainability Journey. Welcome to another episode. Today, we are going to discuss something really important, how to make our workplace more sustainable. It's something that we discussed a lot in our precedent episodes, and I thought we need to have a broader discussion on that. And for that, we have a lawyer by profession, an health lawyer as well, more specialized, and also she is the founder of Mindful Retirement. So I'm very pleased to have here Lori Mahalik-Levin. Thank you so much, uh, Lori, to be here. It's so wonderful to be with you, Sam. Thanks for having me on and for your passion for sustainability. Thank you so much. So today we are going to the social side, how to transform our workplace, because we really need to have, for a sustainable society, also look at it and break some ceilings to make a workplace more diverse, more inclusive, and more human, I say. And I think what you have done and what you have tackled in your book and your work is really impressive, I might say. Before that, let us see who are you, because we just introduced who is Lori and how you have ended up there working for sustainable workplaces. Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, Lori is a mom of two boys. I live in Washington, D.C. We are a redheaded family of four. And my two boys are ages uh, nine and 11. They are just having birthdays, so I'm getting used to the new ages. Um, I am a lawyer, you know, by training and by practice. And I've been a Medicare reimbursement healthcare lawyer in the U.S. for my whole career. Um, But after I had my two boys, I became aware of a huge gap in the services that are being provided to help new parents and particularly women navigate the transition back to work after parental leave. And so after returning to work twice myself and finding it ridiculously challenging and not very sustainable, I decided to create a program that I wish had existed for myself when I went back to work after leave. Um, I found uh, there were lots and lots of resources all focused on my baby and not very many focused on me and my personal and professional identity transition that happened when I became a parent. So I founded this program, Mindful Return, to help with that transition process. Thank you, Lori. And I think you have introduced really the topic. What is the problem that we are facing and that also you have faced and made you, you know, uh, as many entrepreneurs, they also suffered from a problem and now you have got the opportunity. Yeah, um, I love how earlier you said, you know, creating a society that is more human. I can't think of anything that is perhaps more human than having a child and raising the next generation. It's a very common thing to do. And yet in the workplace, it's often considered a taboo topic. The problem is that we're losing talented, creative, and passionate working parents who would love to continue to pour their energies into their career and into making the world a better place. And they often feel like they can't stay because the work environment is not set up for them. And so the problem that I'm you know, trying to solve is in many ways a leaky women's leadership pipeline. In the United States, about one third of all women who have a child do not return to work after having a baby. Only about 64% 
uh, go back. And 34% of those women say that they leave because of poor manager support, according to a benefit bump survey. So they're feeling like they're not being supported by their manager, their team, they're not being granted flexibility. That's just the US and in other countries, you know, there are better and worse stats. I know in India, it's particularly bad about um, 85% of women do not return after leave. And so, you know, it's a brain drain issue. It's the retention issue. It's a you know, an ability to share your gifts with the world issue. And it's not just moms, right? It's new parents in general. And I'm very much in the camp that the more we're able to talk about this issue in a gender neutral way, the the better off we will be generally as a society. Thank you so much, Lori. I, I liked your point how to degender also this discussion. And I was shocked about what, with the statistics. That's really a leakage of talents and it's also a business problem so that's how you know the gender and the discussion may be later but now i want to focus what mindful return focuses about what and what is your peculiar to your approach that you are offering the mindful return in my mind is a way to go back to work after parental leave for a new parent that enables them to feel present and connected to their family and present and connected to their job so that they can stay and continue to contribute. The program that I designed is a four-week online cohort-based program for new parents. So parents are in community with one another, you know, other people who are all making the transition at the same time. And for me, I guess what's unique is that we focus our program around four themes that we know working parents can use as a structure to make the chaotic life of post baby, you know, workplaces feel more organized and to give them some strategies and tips. We also focus on the employer side and there are, you know, 85 employers that offer our program as a parental benefit. And we work with the employer to try to make sure that the employer is compassionate and understanding and supportive of the new parents. Thank you, Lori. I think it's really interesting. And I want to dig a bit deeper in the two areas of focus. So, you know, which are the advice that you can give also to parents and which are the backbone of your approach? Yeah, so I could probably go on for a couple of hours about my advice to new parents, but I will stick with the four themes and maybe just offer one tip or strategy for each of the four themes. The four themes that we focus on in Mindful Return are a mindful mindset for going back to work, the logistics of heading back, uh, leadership, and community. And one thing I'll say at the outset is I've had people from all over the world go through this program, and these four themes seem to resonate no matter where people are from, no matter how long their leave was or what their country's policies are around parental leave, there's still a transition that has to happen. And I think these four themes are really helpful. So the first theme, a mindful mindset for going back to work. In this particular piece, my strategy is to focus on the micro, the micro self-care, the micro moments alone, the micro moments of gratitude. I have an acronym that I use in the shower for myself. It's ISS and it stands for set an intention, stretch and savor. And that reminds me when I'm I'm sort of multitasking my shower, right? I'm taking that moment when no child is attached to me and I'm getting ready for work and I'm using it to set an intention for the day. The intention might be go to bed early tonight. I don't care if there are dishes piled up in the sink or the intention might be, um, you know, get that one work project done that has been hanging over me and then stretch a couple of yoga poses in the shower and savor, savor the fact that I have a shower, I have hot water, I have a job, you know, 
we've been healthy through the pandemic, all of those things, like taking that moment of gratitude. So that's one sort of mindfulness tip. Um, On the logistical side, there are so many different uh, tips and strategies, but one of them is to, if possible, transition into work sort of on a ramping up basis and also transition into childcare on a ramping up sort of basis and to start your childcare situation before you start work so that your first day of work doesn't coincide with, you know, the first day that your baby is going to be cared for by someone else. Um, On the leadership front, this is prong number three. My biggest tip is to focus on the skills that parenthood gives you that make you better at your career and your job. Um, You know, sit down and actually make a list of those skills and abilities that are being grown because you are a parent. Often the narrative is, oh, you're a parent, you don't have value in the workplace anymore. I want to turn that narrative on its head and say, no, actually parents make amazing leaders. They have empathy skills, they prioritize super well. They're able to meet the needs of demanding clients who can't articulate their needs very well, um, all sorts of skills. And then finally, the fourth tip for new parents around community is really to make sure that you are finding your working parent village and learning to say yes to offers of support and not isolate yourself. I did way too much isolating um, in my early days of working parenthood, and I know I would have benefited from being more intentionally in community with others. Thank you, Lori, for sharing these practical advices. I think we resonate a lot, even from my experience and, and, and work sometimes. So I want now to pass to the other side. You said you're working with 85 em- employers. So which are the benefits that you have seen running the program? And with not only in the US, but also, as you said, say a global context. If I can give a couple of words of advice to employers, Um, I'll maybe say it in three categories. One is to believe in your working parent colleagues for the long run. Yeah, they might be out for a couple of months now, and maybe they're not sleeping at the initial stages when their baby is born. And if you show them concern and tell them that you want them to come back, they will be the most dedicated and, and passionate employees that you have. So believe in them. The second thing I'd say is, to take a look at your policies and procedures, right? Look at your parental leave. I know it might be a a country specific uh, policy, but you can look at whether you have ramp up options, for example, can you allow them to come back on a 60% schedule the first month and an 80% schedule the second month and 100% the third month, for example, and pay them the same, you know, pay them the 100% while they ramp up knowing that this is sort of a normal human thing to do to ease back into work. The third thing that I would say is to support communities of working parents within your workplace. Um, A lot of companies have employee resource groups or affinity groups uh, that uh, people who are aligned with one another. And to the extent you can support the formation of working parent groups and even fund some FTE time and, you know, have money dedicated to having speakers come in and whatnot, you can really form a supportive community for the people who are coming in. And it means a lot to the working parents who are part of that community. Thank you so much. And I think those are incredible tips. And also from my research on the B Corps and then the work, and it's possible also and express the uh, acting as a business as a force of good, the worker side, it's really important. And also one, some of the question of the impact assessment is really about how you give 
the leave and now which are the benefits and the work. So it's really something that we need to strengthen and is positive for any employer. It's also positive if I can jump in. It's also good for your business, right? I mean, when employees feel connected to one another, they not only stay, they perform higher. And I'll speak from experience. I founded a working parent group at the global law firm where I worked. I worked at Denton's for six years as a partner. And in our parent group meetings, it was mom and dad, and we got together for lunch, you know, once a month. I got business out of those meetings because I was talking to partners and you know lawyers who are in other groups but who happen to be parents and we bonded over the parent thing but then we grew business out of it so i think it's actually um, strategically important for the business to help make these connections too exactly i think you you are really read my mind because my question was going now the benefits because we have discussed why is important we say the retention which are the statistics and why is so important for business and some you have already said engagement and the business so why why right so the engagement we just talked about recruitment is huge if you're able to you know authentically say and make the case that you have these programs that support new parents people are going to want to work for you who are in the demographic of thinking about having children and um Retention. I want to just focus on retention for a moment because that's something that Mindful Return has been really focused on. Um, we did a study of about a thousand people who had been through the Mindful Return program over a five-year period. And over that five-year period, 85% of the people who took our course were still with our same employer and 93% were still in the workforce. And if you recall earlier, I said about 64% of uh, new parents, new moms in the U.S. actually go back. 85% is a heck of a lot higher than 64%. And when you're talking about retention, you're talking about money. You don't have to recruit those extra people because they're already there and they're staying with you. So I think um, the benefit really is the opportunity to say, hey, employee, I care about you. I want you to come back. Here's a tool to help you do it. And then funny enough, they do actually come back and they stay and they view the transition as not a big stressful event, but rather something that they're getting help with. Um, so I think retention is probably the number one business case here. Thank you. And incredible statistic. Congratulations for your work. It's, Thank you. Let us go a, a step further. You know, where do you want to take mindful return? Which is the way forward? Yeah, that's a, a wonderful question. And really, it's been growing organically for me. We started off just um, supporting new moms and then very quickly had employers saying we need gender neutral benefits and we need to be able to support our new dads too which i said yes of course you do so we've started very early on about seven years ago partnering with a dad who had taken two extended paternity leaves um, from bank of america and uh, started running programs for fathers so really um, a step forward is to continue to grow the engagement of fathers as well then uh, over time we've expanded to a program for parents who um, have special needs children and still want to have a career. So we have a specific program for that. Um, and then we've grown globally. We have a UK-based chapter now. Um, we have an India-based chapter. Soon, we will have a South Africa chapter and a um, Brazil chapter. Um, and we just launched our program in um, Spanish in January. So you can take this return to work program um, you know, in Spanish, if that's your native language. This year, we also lifted up a program that our alumni had been demanding, which was sort of a 201 level, higher next level program for working parents who are already uh, back to work from maternity leave or paternity leave, maybe for a year or five years or 10 years. 
and they're still finding working parenthood to be a, a challenge and a struggle. So we kicked off our first cohort of this Mindful Return 201 program in January, and it's been a really vibrant community and something we're looking to you know, continue and grow again. So I think really helping more parents have access to these resources is really what we're looking for and continue to make that social impact and help people feel like they can have a sustainable career even while having children. Thank you, Lori. And I think with the COVID pandemic, it's a really stress more working parents, especially with all the lockdowns and the remote working. Your second course, I think it was a really very useful experience for them. I want to now to discuss a bit, you know, how you have mentioned at the beginning, how we can degender also the discussion, also to make it more inclusive and going beyond the traditional patterns just to break also the ceilings and the biases, especially for women and others in the workplace. Yeah, thank you for emphasizing that, Sam. I think it's such an important thing to do. And I also think even if your mission is to advance women, degendering actually contributes to that, right? If, uh, you know, when we were talking about this episode, we were talking about a scenario where an employer has two potential candidates to hire for a job, right? And if the, they see a woman who is in a, her childbearing years, they might think, oh, she might be going out on leave. I don't know. Um, and they're presented with a man. They might think, oh, he's, you know, probably not going on leave. So maybe I'd prefer to hire him. You can equalize the situation if it is the norm that everyone goes on leave, right? Um, if it is just as expected for men to go on leave as women um, and just as normalized, then you eliminate some of that bias. And I think how we can do that is, I mean, there are any number of ways, making sure that our parental leave policies um, are expressly not focused on just the mom, but by, you know, focused on any parent. Also eliminating primary and secondary caregiver distinctions from these policies. There are a lot of places that say, I'm gender neutral, I have a primary caregiver policy. And that's not so gender neutral because it usually defaults to the woman as the primary. When you're starting working parent groups at your company or your organization, start with a man and a woman at the helm. You know, I learned the hard way. I've sort of a serial founder of working parent groups, one at a nonprofit where I worked um, before the law firm and one at a law firm. And at the nonprofit, I started it myself. And I was the woman and I was the leading guess who joined only moms. When I started the group at the law firm, I intentionally partnered with a lawyer, a partner who was a dad. And he and I kicked off the group together and guess who joined moms and dads. So I think it's just as important to sort of recruit that face of leadership, of dad leadership. The other thing I'll note is that data has shown that if you have a, a dad in a leadership position who takes parental leave and speaks openly about his role as a father, the men who come after him are way more likely to take their parental leaves and to feel comfortable talking about parenthood in the workplace. And so to the extent you can have a leader in your organization, set be a role model and set this as a norm that it's you know a normal human thing to do to take some time off whenever you have a child, um, that can have repercussions for the whole organization. Thank you, Lori. I really liked these points because th those are also actionable points. They can make incredible returns. Uh, in, in the work and really help, you know, break a lot of those ceilings that we have discussed even in, in other episodes about gender and women. It's really been a pleasure for me having you in such a, an intense and packed uh, episode. I want to ask you, you know, as, as a last question, you know, 
what is your final message you want to leave to the people that are listening to us? My final message really is that working parents make amazing leaders. I just want to keep echoing that. There's so much devaluing of working parents that goes on in the workplace. And if every manager can pause and think about how skills like empathy and connectedness and prioritization and translation and all of those things can help the workplace, then I think every manager can pause and recognize the value of having working parents on their team. So recognize their value, be flexible, and uh, I think we'll do a better job retaining really brilliant working parents. Thank you, Lori. I think you said it all because that is the way and that is the objective of, of the work you are doing. And it's really something that can improve the well-being, not only of your employees, but also the, the well-being of your profit and, yes. <laughs> and, All the and, and your balance. Yes, so it's really important to, to really transform our workplace and make them more, as I say, human and inclusive and open. So thank you so much, Lori, for your time and for your incredible insights. They have been very valuable and I'm sure you want to see also in the future how we are going and then how is your now global work and going. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you for having me on, Sam. I really enjoyed our conversation. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.